They've got live comedy to small business advice. LGBTQ friendly to sports. Vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> Subliminal SF Visual and Auditory Mind Control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com that's subliminalsf.myshopify.com and experience subliminal sf tired of paying too much for your internet contracts and hidden fees got you down Tired of supporting the same big cable companies that lobby against a free and open internet? Get Monkey Brains! Monkey Brains is a local internet provider who doesn't sell your data, bind you down with contracts, or trick you with hidden monthly fees. We're honest, local, and 100% net neutral. Residential internet for only $35 a month, business packages starting at $75 a month, Go to monkeybrains.net and sign up today. Asiento. Asiento. Take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas, and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays. Taco Tuesdays. First Wednesday, live jazz. Live DJs Thursday. Parties. The food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket, March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. El Rio began her life in 1978 as a leather Brazilian gay bar. We are an LGBTQ plus space who is welcoming to all good people. We actively invest in communities to promote social change. We actively invest in our local arts and music scene to give space for artists. We actively pursue underserved communities in the use of our space. We are an awesome supporter of the fifth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, hosting an incredible offside show. 
Wednesday, March 4th, 9 to 11 p.m. with LGBTQ plus and allied comics. So come out to 3158 Mission Street at Cesar Chavez, San Francisco. It's open every day at 2 p.m. with an incredible back patio. El Rio is your dive. medicine corporation government selling me some cover-up weaponizing pesticides poisoning my groceries nothing but another drug a license they can buy and sell no i don't mind dying
Two days past eighteen, he was waiting for the bus in his army green. Sat down in a booth in a cafe there, gave his order to a girl with a bow in her hair. He's a little shy, so she give him a smile, and he said, Would you mind sitting down for a while and talking to me? I'm feeling a little Said I'm off in an hour and I know where we can go. So they went down and they sat on the pier. He said, I bet you got a boyfriend, but I don't care. I got no one to send a letter to. Would you mind if I sent one back here to you? One Friday night at a football game, the Lord's Prayer said in the anthem, sang a man said, folks, would you bow your heads for a list of local Vietnam beers? Crying all alone under the stands was a piccolo player in the marching band and one name
Good morning, mutineers. This is the B, and you're listening to Labor and Love Radio as part of our program at Mutiny Radio. Mutiny Radio, where we just just uh, finished the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, which went on for seven days and featured 75 comics and storytellers, comedians. So welcome. And come on down. Come on down with your uh, donations. Come on down with your talent. Come on down with your dreams. Mutiny Radio needs you. We're located at 2781 21st Street. And every Saturday morning from 10 to 12, I come in here and sit in, work the morning shift with you. With labor news, opinion, commentary, history, etc., etc. You name it, we got it. Today is our Women's Day presentation. Last week, we uh, featured an interview with local comedian David Stolowitz. And uh, so this week, we're celebrating Women's Day. It happened March on March 8th, the day that women got the right to vote in the Soviet Union. International Women's Day. Labor and Love Radio, where we tell you how it is. If one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table where you work, a negotiating table that is, you're on the menu. And never, be, never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. When I say labor, I mean you. Labor and Love Radio, where the labor meets the road. The ultimate truce. Of course they don't want you to have a labor union. Of course they don't want you to make alliances and work together. Your work makes them rich. Come on, wake up. We'll get into some of our credos in a little bit. Our first set there, we started out with, well, let's talk about the latest one we played. Okay, that was the Dixie Chicks, evidently making a comeback now after they uh, took a lot of heat for protesting the uh, U.S. entry into the Iraq War. The Iraq War, a completely, a completely cooked up scheme to get into the Middle East and deal with oil. And we're still there. Okay? We've been in Afghanistan now for 19 years. We've been in Iraq for so almost as long. After that, we had, before that one, we had well, we had Buffy St. Marie Buffy St. Marie with her song, Power and Blood. And sandwiched in between those two, great sister Rosetta Tharp with Didn't It Rain. A 
guitar master, a pioneer of the blues, a woman who was uh, African-American and gay, so she had a couple of strikes against her in the 1940s. Just recently, I believe, inducted into the uh, Hall of Fame, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Didn't it rain? That was recorded at a train station somewhere in England. Well, we're talking about the plague year. This is the plague. Okay, we're up to our ears in news and commentary about the coronavirus. And of course, I want to admonish all of you out there to take care. Wash your hands as often as you can. We all got to be out there, be Pontius Pilate. Wash our hands all we can. Not to get rid of the guilt, but to get rid of the germ. Sneeze on your on the inside of your arm. Don't hug, don't kiss. Tap elbows. Avoid uh, large gatherings. They're talking about over 250 people. Although some t scientists disagree, they think the number should be much smaller. Um, schools are being closed. San Francisco schools closed for three weeks. The school district where I live in Pacifica closed for two weeks. The NBA season has been suspended. Major League Baseball suspended, so we're supposed to stay inside Stay at home and uh, sanitize, right? Well, we're going to go on with our show here. Like I said, it's Women's Day. And let's see what we got for you. Of course, we're going to have Radio Labor, their celebration of Women's Day. Here's an opinion piece from the New York Times, how working class life is killing Americans. Self-checkout, you see it in the stores wherever you go now, the big box stores, Walmart, Target, uh, Home Depot. How about that? What's wrong with that? Well, right off the bat, we know what's wrong. The coronavirus has brought up the question again for paid sick leave and health care. 30 million Americans are not insured. Several more millions are underinsured. They have junk health plans that hardly cover anything. Is there any clearer indication? that we need a comprehensive government-subsidized health plan. Those 30, those 50, those 60 million people out there, the ones who are don't have insurance or can't afford to go to the doctor under their plan, are a breeding ground, like a reserve unit for the coronavirus. We'll get into that. 
Companies are contracting out more jobs. That's not great for workers. That's from Portside. And what's happening down in Santa Cruz? Striking for fair wages. The graduate assistants. We got the labor beat and featuring Ernesto Cardinal, even though it's a Women's Day celebration. We'll talk about Ernesto Cardinal and some other uh, labor issues. Radio Labor, Chris Williamson. Uh, one of the pioneers of what's called women's music. Uh, song by her and a song by Holly Near. Hope we have time for all this. Little bio of Rosetta Tharp. And um, a feature on Berta Cáceres. Martyr, one of the martyrs of the uh, of the uh, ecological movement. People get shot for that stuff. Iqbal Masi, Fran uh, Francisco Chico Mendez, Berta Cáceres. <laughs> Why do they get shot for wanting to save the rivers? about this and all more, but let's start out now with Radio Labor. Radio Labor World Report. In the report this week, unions celebrate International Women's Day with a call to reaffirm the Beijing Declaration why the ILO Convention on Violence and Harassment at Work must be ratified, the arrest of a union leader in Hong Kong, and singing. A woman's place is in her union. We organize and stand for equal rights. This is Radio Labor. Unions around the world are using International Women's Day to again demand respect for the rights of women. See Marie Ainsborough reports. Winning equality for women in society and the workplace is long overdue, says the International Trade Union Confederation. The ITUC is the organization which represents national union centers such as the Ghana Trade Union Congress at the world level. It is using this year's International Women's Day on March 8th to call for a recommitment to the Beijing Declaration and Platform for Action. The Declaration, produced in 1995, was a groundbreaking initiative calling for the equality of women. The ITUC is also calling for the implementation of Article 8 of the UN's Sustainable Development Goals on Decent Work. Sharon Burrow is the ITUC's General Secretary. Happy International Women's Day. This is a day of celebration. The solidarity, the struggles of women everywhere, we know what a difference that's made. But it's also a day to continue the struggle. We want to see the unfulfilled promise of Beijing plus 15, now plus 25, realised. We know that women are still unequal in the labour market. The ILO declaration, the centenary declaration on the future of work last year, gave us a promise. 
We know that we can actually realise decent work for all women if we have a labour protections law, fundamental rights, occupational health and safety, a minimum wage on which people can live with dignity, and of course, maximum hours of work, married with social protection. But we also need a transformative agenda for women, the capacity to manage work and family, the capacity to be secure in the knowledge that violence and harassment are indeed eliminated or the protections are there should that arise. We need to know that just transitions for climate, for technology, where women are on the front lines, are in fact on the agenda. And of course, we need to realise SDG 8. Full employment, a labour protection floor, social protection, investment in care, and the elimination of violence and harassment. That's the agenda. The fight is, of course, alive and well because women everywhere are determined to realise a future for women, for all of us. Solidarity. You can find more information about the Beijing Declaration and the UN Sustainable Development Goals on the ITUC's website at www.ituc-csi.org. This is Seymour Ainsborough reporting for Radio Labour. The international labour movement is moving quickly to have an ILO Convention on Harassment and Violence at Work ratified by countries. The ILO, the International Labour Organization, is the UN specialized agency focused on matters of work in the world. Organizations working to have the convention ratified is Education International, EI, and the International Trade Union Confederation, the ITUC. EI's Madeleine Kennedy McFoy interviewed the ITUC's Director of Equality, Chitty King. She started the interview by asking Ms. King about ILO Convention C-190. C-190 is the latest convention of the International Labour Organization. It was adopted during its centennial um, conference. The ILO? Yeah. Well, What's the, that? <laughs> very good question. The International Labour Organization is a UN agency, and it is the UN agency that is responsible for setting minimum standards in the world of work. I should also say that it's the only tripartite UN agency, so governments, employers, workers come together mm -hmm. to do things like negotiate new standards for the world of work. Very good. So, but why is an ILO convention important? Precisely because these are the minimum standards that should be observed worldwide. Um, okay. Um, by employers, by governments, and it's a point of reference for us as trade unions as to what we need to bargain for in the world of work. So why did we need to have this particular Convention 190? Well, C-190 is a violence and harassment convention, and incredibly, there was no minimum international standard dealing with the question of violence and harassment um, in our workplaces and in everything that's linked to our work before C-190. This was a crucial instrument, as you can imagine. Um, it came also you know, on the back of all the social media furor around hashtag MeToo. Mm -hmm. But we had started working on C190 well before hashtag MeToo. But that did emphasize how important the issue was, how widespread it was, and how urgently governments, employers, workers needed to act to get this convention. So what is it, the fact that we have this convention now on violence and harassment in the workplace, but what does that mean for your average worker anywhere in the world? What does that mean? 
Well, the first thing that it does is send a very strong and clear message that violence and harassment in the workplace, or in the world of work, I should say, because the world of work goes beyond the physical workplace, is just not acceptable. Mm -hmm. um, as I say, incredibly, we did not have this strong signal before. So for millions of workers, and especially um, women workers, because the convention is very strong on the issue of gender-based violence and harassment, so for millions of women workers, it means that we now have a tool, we now have an instrument with which to try to eradicate violence and harassment from our world of work. Great. So does that mean we can start using it right away? Well, that's a yes and a no answer. Um, <laughs> the yes is that as trade unions, we can already start to use the contents of the convention and its accompanying recommendation. And the recommendation gives guidance as to how the convention should be implemented. We can already start to use these instruments um, to negotiate um, policies with employers, um, in our collective bargaining with employers, in our social dialogue with governments. But before the convention can come into force, a minimum of two governments have to have ratified it, so have signed on to it. And even then, the convention will not come into force until the second a year after the second of those ratifications. Um, it's really important to get those ratifications because then the, the ratifying governments have to put it into effect at national level, and then we can start using it um, in our courts, start making sure that employers are observing what's contained in the instruments, and also we can start using the ILO's own supervisory mechanism to ensure that governments have indeed put the convention into effect properly at national level. The central Chinese government in Beijing is continuing its crackdown on democracy and union activists in Hong Kong. The territory has been hit by protests since the Hong Kong authorities announced that they were planning to send arrested people to the mainland for incarceration. In the latest move, the authorities arrested and charged Li Chuk Yan, the president of the Hong Kong Confederation of Trade Unions. Mr. Lee was charged with participating in a public rally in August 2019. He is one of 7,000 people who were arrested. Here is Mr. Lee. The police brutality had escalated, you know, from a lot of tear gas, 5,000 round tear gas, 3,000 round of rubber bullets, and to real bullets, you know, and beating up of protesters, arresting about 2,000 people. So all this police brutality is to drive the anger of the people. You know, imagine when your classmate or your friends are being arrested and beaten up police, what will you do yourself? You may join the protest. The International Trade Union Confederation has called for the charges against Mr. Lee to be dropped. The ITUC also called on the Hong Kong authorities to allow public rallies, stop arresting people who attend rallies, and end the harassment of union leaders. With his report about union events, here is Labor Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. Each day, Labor Start's volunteers collect hundreds of news items about the struggles of workers and their unions from around the world in 35 languages. Here's a small sample of their hard work. Our top story sections included links to coverage of the acquittal of Turkish union leaders on terrorism charges, the arrest of a Hong Kong union leader, and the almost daily death threats experienced by union activists in Central America. We also had news of strikes and lockouts in dozens of countries. Here are just a few highlights. 
Among the many stories about wage strikes that we carried this week were ones about Portuguese retail workers and Spanish call center employees. Walkouts by workers fighting government austerity policies included strikes by Spanish social service workers, Mexican university staff, Brazilian municipal employees, and teachers and doctors in Paraguay. There was a solidarity strike in Belize as 150 dockers downed tools when 40 of their comrades were laid off. Attacks on basic labor rights saw healthcare workers in South Africa refusing routine work for a few hours to protest their employer's refusal to meet their representatives to discuss workplace complaints. In a category of its own this week is the Haitian healthcare workers' strike against the general chaos in that country and the lack of resources that the workers have as they attempt to treat the victims of widespread violence. The current round of violence began several weeks ago when the police struck in an effort to gain recognition of their union. Our Working Women pages, now available in nine languages, included stories about International Women's Day plans around the globe, including calls for a national women's strike in Spain, the long and proud history of working women's struggles in the Australian steel industry, and the fight to win humane working conditions for domestic workers in South Africa. The free health and safety newswire we offer in cooperation with Hazards magazine carried stories to hundreds of union websites around the world about union condemnation of the targeting of schools by Syrian government forces, the closure of the Louvre over staff fears of coronavirus exposure, while at the same time Australian airline workers face discipline and even the sack for demanding proper personal protective equipment, how electronic surveillance is destroying the health of Indian sanitation workers, and yet another suicide at a Foxconn facility in China. Current campaigns that we are running at the request of unions around the world include an urgent appeal for solidarity with the Albanian Miners Union, which is the target of government and employer repression. Fifteen seconds is all it takes to send a solidarity message. Look for details on our site. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. Now here is Union Nation with A Woman's Place. Oh, 
Union Nation is produced by the International Association of Machinists, the IAM. And that's it. International labor news you can use. You can find our features and daily newscasts on our website at www.radiolabor.net. I'm Mark Belanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity.
Uh, Harry, good afternoon. This is Miss Tomlin at her switchboard. I, ca I cannot talk to the press now. I, I said I cannot talk to you now. Yes, the phone company is on strike. Everyone except the executives and me. I'll have that story for you when it's over. Well, in the meantime, just reprint the stories from our last strike and change the dates. <laughs> A gracious good afternoon, directory assistance, Miss Tomlin on the wire. The business office, that number for the business office is listed in... You don't have a directory. Very well, I will switch you and the business office will supply you with one. Business office, Miss Tomlin speaking. <laughs> a new directory? Certainly, they are issued free of charge to our subscribers. Simply flag down any repair truck and they'll throw one to you. <laughs> you, you need installation and repair service? Installation and repair service will be listed in your new directory. Can it wait till then? Very well, I will switch you. Just a moment. <laughs> Installation and repair service, Miss Tomlin speaking. Oh, just a moment, please. At the tone, the time will be 3.23 and 30 seconds. Ding dong. <laughs> Installation and repair again. Oh, by the way, your three minutes are up. Please deposit five cents for the next three minutes. Thank you. That box sounds pretty full. I'll have to get down there on my dinner break and empty it out. <laughs> now then, how may I help you in the midst of the worst strike in our history? A phone installed, hold on and I'll check. Winds are from the northwest at 20 knots per hour, whatever the hell that means. Yes, sir, I can give you a black wall model and a blue princess and install them myself tonight after work. Oops, just a second. President's office. No, he is not. No, he is not. In the glorious tradition of telephone company management, the president himself is out in a repair truck guaranteeing service to the community. Very well, I'll switch you to customer relations. Hold on, please. Are you still there, Black Wall Phone Blue Princess? I'll be right back. Customer relations, Miss Tomlin at the duty desk. You've just been struck in the head by a directory? I bet you were standing by the side of the road waving your arms, weren't you? Well, how bad is it? Doesn't sound attractive. You better call an ambulance. Directory assistance will give you that number. Are you still holding Blue Princess? Five cents more, I'll be right back. Directory assistance, Miss Tomlin in the saddle. General Hospital? Certainly, but that number is listed in your new directory, the one that just struck you in the head. Long distance, Miss Tomlin, EC. Madrid? Now that certainly is a long distance. <laughs> just love to do that. Are you still there, Blue Princess? Give me your name and address. Uh-huh. Right, thank you. I'll be out first thing this evening and put those phones in. <laughs> President's office. Oh, sir, it's you. No, no messages. Oh, but listen, Chief, you've got to be careful where you aim those directories. <laughs> you winged a woman over here on the south side pretty badly today. No. No, I, I don't think anyone knows that it was you. Well, I'll see you when you check in. Times? Give me the city desk. <laughs> city desk? This is Ernestine Tomlin at the telephone company. You know, I think I've got that big story you've been waiting for. I'll be here all afternoon. Be sure you bring a photographer. <laughs> Gracious good afternoon. Dial a prayer. Miss Tomlin in the pulpit. <laughs> Thank you.
That's it. We had Radio Labor, and of course we had the um, the song "In Her Union." Woman's place is in her union. And then we had uh, Ethel Smythe. Ethel Smythe was a songwriter and a composer of operas, uh, English in the late 1800s, early 1900s. That song was March of the Women. And it was the theme song for the suffragette movement in the United in United Kingdom and uh, the United States, also called Shoulder to Shoulder. Those women uh, went through all kinds of stuff to get the right to vote. Horse feeding, hunger strikes, beatings. Uh, one woman named Annie Kenny threw herself in a big horse race, threw herself in the way of the king's mount the king's horse to and killed herself in order to bring the issue to everyone's attention as if it wasn't anyway and then lily tomlin's take on the strike where one woman decides to stay <laughs> and uh and adopts lots of roles to keep the phone company afloat during the strike. Okay, let's look at some of our labor beat stuff now. Interested in this one about self-checkout. This is from Vox. And the headline is, wouldn't it be better if self-checkout just died? Yes says Caitlin Tiffany, because you won't like what it spawns next. Rochester, New York, begins talking about a museum of play. A woman named Margaret Woodbury Strong, a millionaire who used to collect thousands of dolls. Wegman's Grocery Store. There's a model of a Wegman's Grocery Store, an elaborate model. Children select groceries, plastic produce, but real cereal boxes and genuine Chef Boyardee cans from real grocery shelves. Put them in real but miniaturized Wegman shopping carts. Ring them up on functioning cash registers with real grocery scanners and print themselves real receipts with a real Wegmans logo at the top. It's so fun. But for me, the writer says, that was the late 90s. Far from novel or Sponcom children's game, self-checkouts pop up everywhere now. At the new Target, where I buy my useless seasonal objects and knockoff urban art outfitter stores at the CVS where I buy seasonal candy and the Panera bread where I buy a seasonal autumn squash soup and half grilled cheese. 
I've heard they are in grocery stores throughout the city, but I refuse to look. I'm not alone in fearing self-checkout. They'll pr proclaim under undercover grocery shopper. tells me in, I'm in a lot of supermarkets around the country. I watch people. I can tell you I've been in stores where the lines that have cashiers are very, very long. And people are a little upset. And there are three or four self-checkout units open and nobody is using them. Wouldn't the shopper be better served? Customer service improved if these weren't there. Why do I want to scan my own groceries? A simple solution, he points out, would be to hire enough cashiers to serve the number of customers that typically shop at the store. I agree, and it seems very obvious. In 1917, when Clarence Saunders opened the first grocery store, Piggly Wiggly in Memphis, Tennessee, the customers were permitted to remove items from shelves and put them into a handbasket without the assistance of a clerk who patented a self-service register called the Check Robot in 1984 a bad idea, didn't do very well. This is David R. Humble who invented this. Kmart was the first American big box employer to add the company's self-checkouts to its stores in 2001 and then took them out in 2003. People's hatred for these self-checkout counters. Unexpected item in the bagging area is a shared cultural reference like no other that sums up the hatred people have for these units. It is recognizable by demographics so broad the only thing that connects them is that they have at one point attempted to buy something. And the worst phrase known to retail, unexpected item in the bagging area, seems to be passive-aggressive code for, are you a shoplifter or are you just stupid? Okay, check it out. It's on the Vox website. And it says, wouldn't it be better if self-checkout just died? I would suggest as a matter of solidarity with clerks and other humans who do this work, that you wouldn't use self-checkout at all, that you would go wait in line and tell the checkout clerk that you prefer live checkout people to automatic Unions across America are screaming for paid sick leave and health care. 
Ladies and gentlemen, there are three nations that don't have, in the world, that don't have paid vacations. United States is one of them. One of the others is Tonga. Can't remember the third. Not a major nation. This is on in these times. As coronavirus spreads, sowing panic and economic dislocation, unions across the country are using the crisis as an opportunity to call for priorities that were dismissed as left-wing fantasies not long ago and now seem like common sense. How many millions of people are there who either don't have health care or don't have viable health plans. These people are a breeding ground for coronavirus because they're not going to get tested no matter what. Most unions call for immediate paid sick leave policies, some targeting individual companies where union members work, and others calling on government to create a national paid sick leave program to bring the United States in line with the standards of the developed world. The Chicago Teachers Union called on city leaders to promise that teachers and staff would not lose any pay in the event of a school shutdown. It also broadened its focus to the entire community, demanding that the city take all action within their authority to support 15 days of paid sick leave for all CPS patients and Chicago residents. Ladies and gentlemen, Let's see what the house, house, house passes coronavirus bill. The relief bill would provide two weeks of paid sick leave for workers, up to three months of family and medical leave and additional funding for food assistance and Medicaid. Republicans successfully added a provision for tax credits for small and medium-sized businesses while Democrats abandoned their push for a paid sick leave entitlement for public health emergencies. Well, we'll see. These are our leaders, 363 to 40. See what the Senate does with it. The SEIU is running several different campaigns at once that focus on needs exposed by the coronavirus crisis. The union represents doctors in training and launched a hospital interns, residents, and fellows bill of rights, calling for better wages and working conditions, as well as a right to unionize. New York where SEIU represents thousands of airport workers, 
The union held a press conference calling for the passage of a state law that would require employers to give a health insurance subsidy to those workers, including subcontractors, many of whom cannot currently afford health insurance. Even the most conservative Republicans have acquired an intense desire to ensure that the people who drive them around, serve their food, ring them up at stores, and take care of them at hospitals are not sick. Unions are trying to use this newfound leverage to score gains that can last past the day when coronavirus dies down. Union quoted Chipotle worker Carlos Hernandez in a press release. Several times in my year at Chipotle, I've gotten sick and had diarrhea while at work, Hernandez said. Every time this happened, I went to the on-duty manager, let them know I had diarrhea, and asked to go home. Unfortunately, every time I did this, the manager merely told me to switch from the grill where I normally work to washing dishes or working the cash register. <laughs> With diarrhea and coronavirus on their side, working people may achieve fair health care at last. Nolan, labor reporting fellow at these times. This is one I invite you to look at. March 6th, New York Times. When economist Ann Case and Angus De Deaton first published their research on deaths of despair five years ago, they focused on middle-class whites. So many white working-class Americans in their 40s and 50s were dying of suicide, alcoholism, and drug abuse, so-called deaths of despair. The overall mortality rate for the age group was no longer falling, a rare and shocking pattern. <coughs> continued their research, it became clear that the grim trends didn't apply only to middle-aged whites. Up and down the age spectrum, deaths of despair have been surging for people without a four-year college degree. Deaths of despair among whites without a college degree, especially those under age 50, have soared. This brings to mind Richard Rodriguez, the uh, social critic, Chicano social critic. Um, his his um, sayings and writings. American sadness has made billionaires out of Mexican drug lords. Now, where does this sadness come from? Okay, I propose that that sadness comes from capitalism, comes from the way we are treated in capitalism. 
Our lives are bought and sold. We're commodities. In capitalist society, labor is a commodity, and labor is life. That's your life. So could it be Could it be that life under capitalism as a working person, especially if you don't have a college degree, four-year college, that that's killing people? Number of deaths of despair per 100,000 non-Hispanic whites aged 45 to 54 is over 100. college grads, it's much lower. I invite you to check it out. How working class life is killing Americans. Okay, let's get on. Let's do a little uh, as Chris Williamson. Williamson, one of the uh, pioneers of the uh, women's music. I mean, come on, it's all music, right? Called power.
<laughs> Here come the lesbians. Here come the leaving lesbians. We're gonna please you, tease you, hypnotize and tight and squeeze you. We're gonna get you if we can. Here come the lesbians. Don't go and try to fight it. Run away or try to hide it. We want your love and that's our plan. Here come the lesbians.
This song about my gym teacher. It's called Ode to a Gym Teacher. And I carved it on my desk And I painted big red hearts With her initials on my books And I never knew till later Why I got those funny looks <laughs> She was a big time woman The first to come along That showed me being female But you still could be strong And oh, graduation meant that we had to While the others talked of boys that they loved I'd be thinking of new aches and pains A teacher had to rub And while other girls went to the prom I languished by the phone Calling up and hanging up If I found out she was home She was a big time woman And some daisies in the spring Some suggested points for Christmas by Miss Edna Malay And a lazy, lazy, lazy card for Valentine's Day Unsigned, of course She was a big time woman Chases all the balls. One girl who may grow up. 
Okay, that set was a tribute to quote-unquote women's music, especially the women's music that developed in the early 70s around a company called Olivia Records, the spawn of so many um, women's music uh, composers and singers, a lot of whom identify as uh, gay, as lesbian women. And we had, uh, our last one was tribute to a gym teacher by Mig Christian. And the two before that were from Chris Williamson. Well, um, pardon me. The one before that was The Leaping Lesbians with Holly Near with its classic line, Don't Look in the Closet. <laughs> and... Uh, Chris Williamson, two by Chris Williamson. If I live, I'll be great. I can hardly wait. And before that, power. Um, talking about the power that's in nature and uh, connecting with that power. Women especially connecting with that power. So let's shift gears here. Um talking now about women who have had an effect, who have used their power and their personal experience to change. In this case, Berta Cáceres, una, una hondureña who stood up for indigenous rights, who stood up for nature, Let's listen to this. This is a, a blurb about her life. And she paid the ultimate price for doing that. In Honduras nowadays, thanks in, in large part to um, U.S. policy, talk to Hillary Clinton about that one, Honduras is in a state of uh, chaos. Death Squad's reign supreme. Here it is. Here's the story about Berta Cáceres. Bueno, este río tiene una importancia ancestral, espiritual, porque This river has ancestral and spiritual importance to the Lenca people because it's inhabited by the female spirits. These female spirits guard the rivers. The Gualcarque River is also used for growing food and gathering medicinal plants. And of course, it's vital to the entire population downstream. I believe it signifies life. After a military coup in 2009, the Honduran government awarded concessions for 47 dams to power hundreds of new mining projects. 
Chinese engineering giant Sinohydro joined with the Honduran company to build a dam near Rio Blanco. The Akozaka Dam would impact hundreds of Linka people. This was a violation of indigenous rights from the start because the National Congress granted a concession without providing free, prior, and informed consent. We're experiencing one of the greatest handovers of sovereign indigenous territory in the past 500 years. We had beans planted right where I'm standing. But when Sino Hidro came in, they ran their tractors over our fields, destroying everything. We got mad. Then we decided to organize ourselves with Copin. Copin, an indigenous rights organization, organized the Linka people around their internationally recognized rights. In more than 150 indigenous assemblies and debates, our community decided to reject that hydroelectric dam. The mayor of Intibuca came to an open meeting here where more than 400 people said no to Sino Hidro. Under the political influence of the Honduran government, the mayor falsified signatures of Rio Blanco citizens to legitimize this project. Berta filed complaints with the Honduran government and organized peaceful protests in the nation's capital. As her visibility increased, she became a target for the government. They have even been harassing my family. In this case, my mother, whom I live with. My own children have been threatened with bodily harm. So, of course, it affects me personally. I always encourage her to take an interest in social struggles, especially in regards to poor people, women, and indigenous people. As a result, she has been exposed to so much persecution, which is why I always fear for her life. We are only human, so of course we have real fears. But that doesn't mean we're going to be paralyzed by it. Están enfrentando 52 proyectos hidroeléctricos. Entre hidroeléctricos, soberanía territorial. Crecimos defendiendo la vida, compañeros.
We denounced the dam and were threatened with smear campaigns, imprisonment, and murder. But nobody heard our voices until we set up a roadblock to take back control of our land. For well over a year, the Linka maintained the roadblock with standing harassment and violent attacks. Tragically, Rio Blanca community leader Tomas Garcia was shot by the Honduran military at a peaceful protest. Seeing this man murdered, the community became indignant, forcing a confrontation. The company was told that they had to get out. And that is how Sinohydro left Rio Blanco. But it cost us in blood. Sinohydro terminated its contract, citing ongoing community resistance. The World Bank later withdrew its funding over concerns about human rights violations. They can attack her. They can even kill her, as they have tried. But her life transcends this moment in time. This struggle is a symbol of community resistance that inspires people across Honduras and around the world. When we started the fight for Rio Blanco, I would go into the river and I could feel what the river was telling me. I knew it was going to be difficult. But I also knew we were going to triumph, because the river told me so. Casades was murdered in March 2016 at her home in La Esperanza, Honduras. Five suspects have been arrested. Okay, that's the story or part of the story of Berta Cáceres. I invite you to look in through her name and uh, look into her career of activism, attempting to uh, save the uh, Honduran rainforest, Honduran rainforest, and her river, Rio Blanco. to respect 
button.
was uh, We'll Survive, preceded by Aretha Franklin and her version of Respect, R-E-S-P-E-C, Find Out What It mean, Means to Me. And if you don't know by now, <coughs> well, Labor and Love Radio, let's take a look at our credos here. Before we get out of here and leave the mic for Scott o. Walker, uh, let's see, credos. First credo. Let's take a look. This is from Utah Phillips. Kids don't have a little brother working in the coal mine. They don't have a little sister coughing her lungs out in the looms of the big mill towns of the Northeast. Why? Because we organized. We broke the back of the sweatshops in this country. We have child labor laws. Those were not benevolent gifts from enlightened management. They were fought for, they were bled for, they were died for by working people, by people like us. Kids ought to know that. That's why I sing these songs. That's why I tell these stories, damn it. No root, no fruit. Phillips talking about the importance of labor education. This one's from We Resist. When the penalty for aborting after rape is more severe than the penalty for rape, that's when you know it's a war on women. Some places the woman is not only forced to have the baby, but she has to negotiate visiting rights for the man who raped her, the quote-unquote father of the baby. Here's one from Jesse Mimmer, LA socialist. Can I tell you a secret? I don't even care if there are undocumented immigrants in this country. Without social security numbers, they aren't privy to the welfare people claim they get. The vast majority of them are normal people trying to live a better life. This whole wall, deport the illegals bullshit is just the 1% convincing the working poor to blame a subset of the working poor for the fact that they're all poor. Instead of realizing the reason they are all poor is due to vast income inequality. The reason you're poor is because you're not getting paid enough. Resource price inflation with wage stagnation. Please use your brain. The existence of another poor person is not why you're poor. It's because the people who control everything Refuse to increase your wages. I don't know how you're standing around. Sometimes you see someone and they just start talking. 
And they say, well, I'm just not that into politics. You're not that into politics, huh? Well, your boss is. Your landlord is. Your insurance company is. And every day they use their political power to keep your pay low, to raise your rent, and deny you health coverage. It's time to get into politics, I would say. And nothing proves that more than the current crisis with the coronavirus. 30, 40, 50, 60 million people in this country who either can't afford health care or have health care, junk health care that doesn't really cover anything or requires you to pay large premiums. They're a breeding ground for the coronavirus. They won't be tested because they can't afford to, to take off work or do whatever it takes to get tested. Okay, last one. Poem by Mr. Lawrence Ferlinghetti. Pity the nation. Pity the nation whose people are sheep and whose shepherds mislead them. Pity the nation whose leaders are liars, whose sages are silenced, and whose bigots haunt the airwaves. My note. Remember Rush Limbaugh just got the American something of America? Rush Limbaugh right in there with Rosa Parks. <laughs> what a nation. Okay. Take up the poem again. Pity the nation that raises not its voice except to praise conquerors and acclaim the bully as hero and aims to rule the world by force and by torture. Pity the nation that knows no other language but its own and no other culture but its own. Pity the nation whose breath is money and sleeps the sleep of the too well-fed Pity the nation, oh, pity the people who allow their rights to erode and their freedoms to be washed away. My country, tears of thee, sweet land of liberty. Okay, on that note, let's start getting out of here. And I want to play Aretha Franklin on the way out. This has been The B. And this has been our uh, Women's Day show. We were going to have a, a feature about we should Ernesto Cardinal, the uh, famed priest and activist. We'll do that next week. This week was pretty. This is the B signing off. Remember, one person gets a dollar they didn't work for. 
someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. Remember, you don't have a seat at the table, the negotiating table where you work. You're on the menu. Remember, never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. And when I say labor, I mean you. This has been Labor and Love Radio, where the labor meets the road. Of course they don't want you to have unions. Of course they don't want you to ally with one another. Of course they don't want you to agree and reach out across ethnic and every other kind of Your work makes them rich. Bye, everybody. Paulina Vita. Sylvia Vita, everybody. You know who you are. Yemen, thanks for the advice. Remember, wash your hands often. Don't touch your face. And persevere. It's your boy Sifo here, here to let you know that the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is March 1st through 7th, 2020 with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week. Get your tickets now on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comics from all over the U.S. coming for 66 programs in seven days all here at 2781 21st Street in the heart of the mission. Or if you can't be with us, listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at www.mutinyradio.fm. Join us March 1st to 7th for these amazing events. What kind of a future? Law Tigers, we fight for motorcyclists. We're not just motorcycle lawyers, we're part of the riding community. Law Tigers watches over riders. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear, too. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers, California's motorcycle lawyer. Victor Davis, Harris Law Firm, LLP, Robert E. Carmichael Circle, Suite 200, Sacramento, California, 95824.
Radio.fm. Hit the donate button, stream them live, download a podcast, have some fun! We watch the best movies that, uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch full-length movies on YouTube with Michael Spiegelman What's happening? This is your boy, Rob Edwards. I'm here to tell you about the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's March 1st through the 7th, 2020. With special podcasts and comedy shows, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week long. Get your tickets on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comments from all over the U.S. Coming for 66 programs in seven days, all here at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission. Or listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at mutinyradio.fm. Join us March 1st through the 7th for these amazing events. Sent you. Counter offer, baby. Oh, 
Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Tired of paying too much for your internet? Contracts and hidden fees got you down? Tired of supporting the same big cable companies that lobby against a free and open internet? Get Monkey Brains! <laughs> Monkey Brains is a local internet provider who does